This is Levy Brackman with the Wisdom for Business and Life podcast. I am really excited to have with me Yona Weiss from the Wise Advice podcast. He's also a cost segregation expert, a big time chacham, and also someone who I was on his podcast and I spoke to him a, a year or so before that. And uh, it just seemed like someone who I really needed to kind of interview. Now, usually the last number of episodes haven't done uh, interviews, just been me speaking, but I wanted to uh, invite Yona on to share some wisdom with us. So this is uh, going to be an episode in which it's Yona's wisdom and sharing with us. And I've got a bunch of questions to ask him to kind of probe some of that wisdom. But First, I want to start off with uh, asking you to give us an introduction and some background. I grew up in Southern California and uh, actually went in college to San Diego State University. Didn't really have much plans for business or career at that point and uh, was drawn to, uh, you know, this is wisdom, right? I was drawn to wisdom. We're talking about wisdom today. So that's really what, what drew me more than anything. And it was kind of ancient Jewish wisdom that sparked my curiosity, led me to take a junior year abroad to study in Israel in the holy city of Jerusalem. And essentially, I just stayed. I, I basically loved it, fell in love with the place, the land, the people. Uh, it felt like home. It felt like I had, I meant to, was meant to be there. And that's exactly what I did. So I ended up staying there, uh, meeting my wife there. She's from New York, but uh, we met there. And, uh, you know, raise a family, live for many years, study for many years, and then eventually kind of turn back around to the real estate uh, game in this uh, context, really out of uh, just curiosity. It was, you know, spent many, many years, about 15 years, just fully immersed in in the, you know, religious and, and Torah and, you know, studying and teaching. Didn't have any business or any career goals or experience, really much of anything. Uh, but realized that I, I kind of needed to have something uh, a little bit to maybe pay, in, you know, pay some of our, our bills, et cetera, as everyone knows. And uh, real estate just kind of jumped out at me. And that's where I got involved with, started out in commercial mortgages and doing some real estate brokering. And then, you know, thank God, just unbelievably uh, found this company, Madison Commercial Real Estate, Madison Specs. We've been with five years already just doing this cost segregation thing. Learned to do real estate investing through that and through just the people that I connected with. And now it's on a whole new trajectory, uh, which which is incredible. Still coupling with trying to you know be the best, uh, best person I can be and live the best life I can, which amazingly is is kind of a common ground with a lot of people in the especially the multifamily space a lot of growth oriented people so a lot of the similar mindsets although you know coming from a different source but i, I think ultimately the same uh the same thing i, I decipher a little bit of wisdom there in your intro i don't know maybe yeah <laughs> what, because, what did you decipher well trying to be the best person you can be th- th- that translates into success in in, in what you do in your, in your business? Absolutely. I mean, first of all, what I do essentially is what I learned to do and, and through, through the, you know, the business development of this company is really just about people. It's about connecting with people, talking to people, really listening to people more than anything else, which is why I started my own podcast, because you get to listen to people, you get to understand people and help people which is essentially what kind of my nature is. I'm a nature of a, of a very giving person. I love to help people. And 
I found this niche of business that I can do all of that simultaneously and you know make a good living out of it. So I don't really do much of anything <laughs> except really talking to people and listening and giving and helping people. And so yes, it translates into this specific service that our company does. And thank God we have a whole you know team, you know, 60 people, robust team that are really doing a lot of the, the nitty-gritty engineering and tax work that it takes to do this consolidation. But essentially I'm just connecting people and finding people and uh, and so, yeah, there's a lot of wisdom in that. There's a lot of kind of my own personality that goes into that. Yeah. Which is also like being able to do what you love each day. I mean, that's a, that's a massive blessing of itself, but then to yeah. have that translate into, into, into success in business. So, so you, so you, I, I spent time in Jerusalem and I completely relate to what you're saying. I went and, and, and learned there when I was, uh, when I was 16. And uh, fell in love with it, um, and 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 then went back there, and going back next month again, uh, spend every moment I can in Israel because just love it there, especially in Jerusalem. We'll spend a a, a weekend, a, a Shabbos in the old city, um, late next month. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, and so um, so completely relate to to the idea. And there's a lot of wisdom. They say it says Avir that is from Machim, right? Yeah, that's right. So 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 like. When you're in Israel and spending time in Israel, did you gain wisdom in Israel when you when you when you lived there? Because Machim, not for those who who don't, who don't know Hebrew, means the, the 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 actually the the air, the air itself, the environment of the land of Israel makes one smarter or makes one more wise. Which how would you translate it? You know, without getting into linguistics here, I would actually change the definition because Machim actually is causative, so it means you're making others wise. Um, okay. but you know, not to go into, into what the real definition of that is, but yeah, you have to be wise to, to help make others wise. Um, right. Because that's, you're actually kind of, you helping others is really what it is through your own wisdom. You can help sharpen other people, uh, in their wisdom. So yes, I think that has a lot to do with being there. Um, absolutely. So I was going to ask you other questions, but but let me start off with what's the, the the greatest piece of wisdom that you picked up when you in, when you when you spent your 15 years in Israel coming from California I'm not sure how much wisdom there is in California maybe the- <laughs> well you know you know I'll I'll answer that uh, I'll answer both questions with the same answer which is you know I learned our, our sages taught that Ezu Chacham, who's a wise person, we're talking about wisdom here, right? What's the greatest piece of wisdom? Well, first, you understand what is what is a wise person, right? Who is a wise person? What is the definition of wisdom? Is someone who learns from everyone, right? And let me call on them. So, if you learn from everyone, what is that actually teaching you? It's teaching you humility, right? To be a wise to be a wise person, right? To have wisdom, you have to come with a lot of humility. That you can be open to learning from every single person, from a small child to uh, Another person, and most importantly, uh, and this goes back to your question about asking uh, the second question about if there's wisdom in California, is learning also what not to do. Uh, so yeah. you you learn from some people how you should act, and you learn from other people how you shouldn't act. But you're learning, and so everything is really a learning opportunity. Okay, so so you 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 learned perhaps how not to be when you were in California, and you learned how to be in in, in while you were in Israel. Yeah, certainly. And every day, really, we come in contact with people. We, we have interactions. Yeah. 
we try to live by our principles, by integrity. And, uh, you know, certain times we may be exposed to things that are a little antithetical. I just got a, a message from someone literally a few minutes right before I got on this podcast is in between podcasts and, uh, and someone telling me about a, a real estate deal where the person uh, that they were in touch with is basically running a Ponzi, you know, scheme, oh, wow. paying investors from the funds that they collect. Um, and so to me, it's like, wow, I didn't even know that you know, people, and I know this person who's doing that. Like, I had no idea they're doing such such kind of things. But again, you learn from situations like that uh, and how not to act. And so, yeah, it's, it happens every day. Yeah, well, that could also land you in jail. So, yes, of course, really bad strategy. <laughs> it's just not just unwise. It's kind of, uh, um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so let's. So we talk about you when you went to Israel. I mean, you you study the Torah. And the Torah is full of unbelievable wisdom. I mean, it's just like chock a block of it. So, what's your favorite wisdom from the Torah? Um, you know, there's. I'm sure you have loads. Yeah, there, there are tons. <laughs> there are tons, tons of pieces. But one, there a lot of the wisdom comes through stories. Um, Agadita, things like that, we find in the Talmud different stories, and relates. And there's a great story. Um, you know, I don't know if I should share the whole story, but the lesson of the story that comes out of it is that you always have to be, right? You have to be soft and, and supple, like a reed, right? Kind of going with the flow and not be strong like a, you know, a cedar tree. Don't be stubborn. And I think the lesson there that we have to learn is that, and the lesson for in that specific situation where this was turned out from was don't be stubborn in, in thinking in a certain way, right? You see, you may be fooled by your eyes, by your impression of something, but you have to realize there's, there's more to the story. You have to get deeper into it to understand people. And once you can do that, uh, takes a lot of emotional intelligence, a lot of EQ in order to understand people. But when you do that, you can get kind of deeper understanding, you know, why people do what they do. And what makes people tick. And when you can understand that, then you can, can be more flexible is really what it's talking about, right? Don't be so strict and stubborn to, to only think in, in one rigid way. You have to be open to other possibilities. And I think that's a huge, huge piece of wisdom that, you know, it can mean so many different things uh, and interpreted different ways. But I think in, in this context, I just want to share that for me, it means when I'm interacting with people, I don't know what their background is. I don't know where everyone comes from. You never know what, what white person does what they do. So give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, but, but don't think, oh, I know the answer to this. I know why this person did such and such or, or is acting in such a way. Be open to the possibility that maybe you don't know. And uh, you know, being kind of being supple like a, a reed in that way is kind of going with the flow and being more understanding, more flexible. Do, do you think that being more flexible comes from having within yourself a very strong conviction of your own sense of self that you're not you're not threatened in some ways by another person's perspective do you know what i mean 100 100 yeah if you are not really strong with yourself and your own you know character strengths and flaws then you can be easily swayed by others' opinions or other people's stances or how other people do things. But if you're very strong in your convictions and you know who you are and you know, you know what your strengths are, then you can 
very uh, comfortably interact with other people, right? And not be afraid to kind of be just be swept away uh, yeah. uh, on a whim. So yeah, absolutely agree with that. Yeah, and 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 there's 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 something just to uh, take it from a different perspective. There's a in in psychology there's a um, there's a self determination theory, and in self determination theories, this concept of um, introjected religious motivation, right, versus identified religious motivation and introjected religious motivation is this concept that you're you're motivated to be religious because you're scared of going to hell or that you're scared the community will ostracize you or something else whereas identified is that you actually truly believe it deep inside you and you identifies with who you are in your deepest levels and they found that people who with introjected religious motivations were much more likely to be intolerant Mm-hmm. of people who held views different than them than people with identified religious motivation. So I, I found that really interesting. So well, I think a person needs both. Uh, you definitely need a, a little bit of both. This is what, what the Baal Shem Tov said. That, that's what we say, Elokeinu, Elokeinu, right? We have Elokeinu, we have to make God our own. We have to be, have that relationship be real with us. We also have Elokeinu that's coming from our forefathers. It's, it's something that we're brought down. We may not understand at all. You know, as a, as a child, we teach our children in a certain way and want to give them the ability to make their choices, but want to also give them the, the path to make those right choices and, and doing, following the way and following the laws uh, and, you know, a child may, may see things that, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, if I don't do this, I'm going to get punished. Or if I do do that, I'm going to get rewarded. That's obviously the wrong way of looking at things, but for a child, it can actually be uh, beneficial, right? You know, we all relate to that. If I touch fire, I'm going to get burnt. If I, you know, we need, we need to live in a world that has consequences for our actions. And so understanding that on a, not only on a physical plane where everyone understands physics, I can't, if I jump off that building, it's not going to look good, right? There's gravity. I have to respond to the physical uh, limitations of this world. Simultaneously, there are metaphysical um, limitations and and things that we have to be aware of as well. And they are as real as the physical things are. But if you're not made aware to that, you you may never know. Yeah. So so let's let's talk about, you spoke about the the, the rules of physics. There's also like rules of, of, of which may, may not, they may not be written in the same kind of formulas, but there's rules about life and how to be successful in life and which basically would be wisdom, right? So it really interestingly, um, uh, um, we're talking about wisdom, which are, which are, I think are these rules, right? So, so what are the rules? And just, this wasn't, I didn't prepare this question. I'm thinking about yeah. it. What are, what are some of these rules that you know Think about like the background of we're sure. living in a time when cryptocurrency has dropped like crazy. And, you know, maybe there are some people who knew the rules of the road or had the wisdom could have predicted it. What are those things, you know, that you kind of, you look around and you say, this is just against the laws of wisdom and it's, it's just not going to end well, or, or these are in accordance with the rules. And therefore, you know, this is, this is something which should be encouraged there's a, you know, there, there's a lot of wisdom out there. And the Torah, like you said, Torah is called instruct. The word Torah, which we say is like this book, this book of wisdom really means instructions. That's what the definition of the word is. So we say Torah Chaim, it's instructions for life. That's really what it is. So if we look in there, we'll find all the instructions we need for living. There's plenty of wisdom out there, but again, you need to know how to decipher it and how to apply it to your individual life. There's no, uh, there's nothing in there that's going to tell you, uh, you know, this is, this is the right thing to invest in, the wrong thing to invest in. I remember, you know, asking my Rebbe one time, uh, you know, if 
what if uh, someone can give me the, you know, the winning lottery tickets, right? If someone yeah. can, can see the future, right? And he told me, you know, if you find someone that, that can do that for you, you know, go, go to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's not the point. That's the point is well, not a million miles because they've they've got a yeah. Ponzi scheme going. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't the, the the point is not about prophecy and about trying to kind of yeah. bring, figure out the rules to 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 hack the system. It's about living by principled uh, a principle a life full of principles. Yeah, and I think one of those principles that really goes to your point about what you should invest in things like that. It's all about bitachon. It's all about trusting Hashem, trusting in God, and having that complete. And the word trust is literally means in Hebrew. There's a lot of definitions to it, but it comes from the same word that means um, cementing. Okay, when you're when you're cementing something, you you splash splatter some cement on the wall, and then you rub it in, right? You you get it on, you spackle it. I don't know if that's the right word. Spackling something in there. That's what it's all about. Is about connecting and being so bound into that, that there, there's no worry in the world. There's no care in the world. You obviously have to do things right and do things according to your principles, but you shouldn't be, uh, you know, swept away and take risks, first of all, that are, you know, not, not good risks to take. Uh, so we have to go with wisdom in investing, but also, you know, making, uh, being okay with whatever that decision, because ultimately it's all from, it's all from God. Everything happens for a reason. I mean, so, so, I mean, there's, there's wisdom in, in having faith, um, uh, tremendous wisdom, but could that lead, the flip side of that is, you know, could that lead to, I remember someone once asked me a question, they said to me, what, what is, what is the Jewish, because I wrote this book, Jewish Wisdom for Success, I had all, people thought that I, I now some, somehow had, had, had this kind of, uh, uh, knowledge of, of what the wisdom was, and, and they asked me, what, what's the Jewish view on, planning for retirement <laughs> mm -hmm. and 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 based on what you're saying it's to have bitachon it's to have it's to have faith right and a lot of a lot of people who follow that don't actually plan for retirement because they just have faith so the flip side to it is how do you balance those two things you have to be pragmatic okay and that's that just takes common sense okay so a lot of wisdom is common sense right you cannot uh think well, there's going to be a blizzard outside. Um, I'll just keep all the windows open. No problem. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you, you can't do that and also stay warm. So there are certain things, and I, I don't think it is a contradiction to, to saying having trust and being pragmatic, right? Having faith. There's a difference, a little bit of a difference between faith and trust as well. Um, you know, just having blind faith and just going on it, but having real trust and understanding that I have to make effort and I have to do yeah. what's right and go with what I think the opportunities that God presents me, right? How did I get into real estate? It's kind of crazy. Like I would have never thought I would be, I yeah. never had any mind for business or even thinking about finances or anything like that. It never interested me. It still really doesn't interest me, to be honest. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm in a, a people business and mm -hmm. that interests me because I get to connect with real people and I get to help people. Um, but the whole thought of, of finances and going into that never interested me, but I see the advantage of investing and having a safe, you know, place where, you know, we'll have hopefully, you know, some, some retirement, just being pragmatic with, yeah. uh, with your finances. There's no, there's no contradiction on being pragmatic and also having, having faith. So, so I can see someone thinking, listening to this and saying, okay, 
this sounds this sounds great. Um, you know, balancing good piece of wisdom, balancing faith with pragmatism, I think is what you're saying. Um, what think about like um, a wisdom teaching, which then you can implement each day. So what is it? What is it like you as you go through your day, day to day, right? What is that piece of wisdom which people can walk away with and say, okay, I can, I can take this. This is wisdom, and now this is how I would implement it. Yeah, I, for me personally, it's a lot about how I can help other people. I, I honestly believe being, and again, this may be different for other people, but I know part of like who I am and my like root of my character traits have to do with giving, have to do with helping. And so understanding that for me, having a successful day, having a practical day is how can I go out of my way to, to help another person? How can I make a connection? Because making connections between two people, what I've found is that's the, you know, a, a practical connection where they can actually maybe do business together or do something that has more power than, than almost anything, any other form of giving that you can do. And so for me to make one connection uh, every single day, go out of my way to do that. That to me is a successful day. That's wisdom. Because for me, that realizes that I'm on the path. I'm doing what I, my purpose in this world is. Okay. We all want to try to live what our purpose is. You may not know what that is. If you can find what that is for yourself, then do more of that. Right. And, and figure out how to, how to do that because that's why we're in this world for we're here for a finite number of days try to maximize every day that, that's my practical wisdom yeah it's but i so does it i i love what you're saying that try and find something every single day i don't i think to help somebody else or to try and in the, whichever way you can for you that's making connections with people for other people it might be something else but adding that aspect to your day every single day um, and putting that into your daily life, you know, there's so many kind of uh, recipes out there for this is how you should have your morning meditate and you should right. write your three goals down. You know, there's, there's lots of popular stuff. This is an addition, which I haven't heard that much. What about making sure that as part of your daily goals is how, how am I going to help someone's day to have that in your, you know, as, as a feature in your day? I love mm -hmm. that. Um, so what about, um, but you also touched upon, I'm a, I can't leave this, man. you spoke about purpose in life, right? And I, I did a PhD on purpose in life. And, um, and so it's, it's really, really important. I was talking to my son, my son's 20 years old, and he's, he's, he's actually in Jerusalem right now, uh, in college in Jerusalem. And, um, and he's studying computer science. And it's very challenging. It's a challenging program. And we were talking about, like, how do you find, is this really where you want to go long term, right? Is this really your thing? How do you discover that? Then you know, it takes a lot of wisdom to kind of figure out what is my purpose, and then to operationalize that in a way in which you're actually making a living from it. What advice would you give people like my son? He's 20 years old. I'll, I'll tell him to listen to this podcast. What advice can you give him as he's thinking this through? You know, I went to college, and and I went to college, uh, and you have to choose. Uh, you know, there's a difference between vocational school, you know, in a college, obviously a vocation, some computer science, maybe some weird, maybe coming out with something very practical to do. You can get a job pretty quickly. Yeah. Like I picked a major of history because basically for two reasons. One is that 
you have to choose a major. Okay. Yeah. You, you can't graduate without it. And number two, it was something I was always really good with names and, and numbers and, you know, kind of dates and things like that. So it was easy for me. And I figured, okay, this is the easiest way I can kind of coast by. Right? Uh, that's not, I wouldn't suggest nowadays for most people to go to college at all, to be honest, uh, unless you have a very specific purpose to get out of that, because a lot of it's just a waste of time. So my advice is on, on the proactive side is I honestly truly believe that all of the wisdom for life is in the Torah, is in Torah. And so the more time you can spend on a daily basis immersed in that for as long as you can, the more you'll know how to live and how to live a purposeful, meaningful life. Eventually, if you, you know, it will come along an opportunity to find a, a meaningful means to make a living and, and to do that. Everyone has a different path in life. But I honestly believe if you can learn how to live first, then then every then doesn't matter what you do, you'll find your purpose, you'll find your meaning. All right. Yeah. I I mean there's it's the two somehow have to come together. They don't always, right? So, some people might know how to live and then they but they live in poverty because they've never figured out the second part. And then there are a lot of other people who figured out the second part. But, you know, they, they know how to make a living, but they don't know how to live with purpose. And they're, they're, they're equally miserable. The two yeah. somehow That's have to come together. But it, leaving it to chance to somehow learn how to live and then you'll figure out, you know, how to make a living out of it. I mean, that's... I think I, that's the smarter of two decisions, meaning okay. you can either... What I'm saying is you can either, if you, you know, one or the other, like you said, there are plenty of people, you just figure out, go to college, get a yeah. job. Why are you getting a job? Right, so you can make money. Why do you need money? So you can buy food. Why do you buy food? So you can so you can live. Why are you living? So I can go to my job. Make so yeah. it's a circular life, but you never figure out what are you living for. Yeah, and so I think that's so much more important because otherwise you can live a very maybe um, financially successful life, but but miserable and never figure out what what your purpose here is on the world or never be fulfilled and happy. Uh, not saying that you you can't. There are plenty of people that are that do that, yeah. but live, figuring that out first will actually give you the the tools to then you know figure out how to make a living and i think it's like a very big difference i find it curious because when i study the wisdom of the torah it, I, I i come across something in ethics of the fathers in Pirkei Avot, which says that right which is really means learning how to make a living right that comes before the torah and you're suggesting the opposite to that in some ways First so, you do the Torah and then you do the Derek Herod. So how do you square that circle? Right. So without getting into you know too too deep of a debate here, there's there's Derek Herod can mean a lot of things. One thing can mean to have a job, it can also mean just simply Derek Herz to, to have like the Chaim Vital says in Shari Kedusha in the in the introduction to that, he says Derek Herz is Derek Herz to have the right personality and character traits is an introduction. That's that's the basis. That's the foundation for living a Torah life. So I think, I don't think anyone would say you have to get a job before you can learn. You know, I, I don't think that's just practical. Um, similarly, it also says in Pirkei that kemach in Torah, in Torah in kemach. If, you, if you don't have flour, you won't have you won't have a Torah. If you don't have Torah, you won't have any flour. So you need both. I think they right. go hand in hand. What it, what it means is you have to kind of do both simultaneously, meaning a person yeah. can be going to college and also be learning, uh, you know, uh, Dafa Yomi is a very simple thing. It takes, you know, 45 minutes, an hour a day. You can learn tremendous amount of wisdom 
Um, but just scheduling out a little bit of time every single day, uh, you can you can grow exponentially over a course of time. And so it's yeah. not necessarily one or the other. Yeah. So then that's kind of part of the wisdom I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out is how do. You, so my son actually is in this unit college. He's in he's in he's in a, a college where they do Torah and computer science. So it's a uh, it's called Mahomlev. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have heard of it. And yeah. and and the thing is that or the Jerusalem College of Technology is what they call it in English. But so he does he learns Torah in the morning, and then he does computer science. But how do you operationalize it where you're actually able to feel that you seem to have nailed this? Right. But how do you know, how do you figure it out? How, how the Derek Harris part of it, the actual livelihood part of it is fitting in with your purpose. How do the, how do you bring these two things together? I mean, it's a perennial. I don't think, I don't really have the answer to it. I'm, I'm trying to see if yeah. you have an insight. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if there is a, a cold cut answer. I think a lot of times you're, you're given opportunities uh, in life and sometimes you have, to, you have to proactively sometimes put yourself out there to make those opportunities present themselves. Yeah. But nevertheless, when those opportunities do present themselves, you can kind of test and see, okay, I'll do this for a little while. Do I like this? Is it good? Is this really fulfilling me? Am I doing something that is meaningful? Yes. No, go on, figure something, find out something else out. Like I, I tried out a bunch of different things, you know, I thought I was going to be, you know, a mashkiach and kashra, so, you know, to the whole course and did the whole thing and eh, no, didn't really fulfill me. It wasn't. So I moved on next, right? What, what's gonna, what's going to be really fulfilling. And I think, you know, if a person, especially a young person does that and thinks and is proactively thinking about, uh, you know, more importantly than what should I do uh, is how should I be? And I think that will allow a person to then fit into a job or a career that will, will uh, give them purpose, give them fulfillment and simultaneously, you know, give them a, a livelihood. I don't think it's a contradiction. I love that. How should I be rather than what should I do? Yeah. Talk, talk a little bit more about that. So, yeah, I mean, it really, it goes down to what we were talking about before, right? The Derek Harris Cardinal like being a good person yeah. and living your principles is more important, um, you know, to kind of couple it with the seven habits of highly effective people, right? Stephen yeah. Covey talks about principled centered living. It's about how, you know, and he talks about this as well. I think I got it from the Torah and then I, I read it in his book. I'm like, yeah, this, I've known this for years. This is great. But he says it in a way that everyone can really understand, which is that, um, you know, we have to begin with the end of mind. We have to live with purpose and figure out what our principles are and, yeah. and not just live, uh, live a life of, you know, of doing, but live a life of being. Yeah. So, if you had to find one teaching, because you obviously you started off in college and you went and you 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 went and spent fifteen years studying um, Torah, what was that one teaching for you that changed everything? If you could think of it, the one kind of the pivotal kind of teaching, which was like the aha moment, which was like this changes everything. You know, there have been many over the years that really, uh, but the first one that I really remember that kind of started me off in this trajectory, uh, that really was like this, what I, you know, remember of this aha moment was where it says that, uh, right? Where if you're in a place, you don't find any, uh, any really, and I translate this, it says people, but really it's leaders, right? If you don't find a leader, you yourself have to be that leader. And so you can't, always rely on other people 
to be, you know, taking action. You can't always rely on other people to be doing the things for you on your behalf. If you see something needs to get done and no one's doing it, you do it. And so for me, that really, that like opened up a spark in me. It was like, wow, this is something that, you know, and to, to this day, right. And this was, I mean, when I was a teenager, that's why I first came across that. And it was like, you know, someone pulled me aside and showed me that and was like, that interpretation it kind of blew me away and has really spurred a lot of what I do up until today. So if that's, a, I had to pick one, well, I'll go with that one. It's incredibly empowering. Exactly. Right. And, and so, so what was it that you decided to take leadership in? I'm just curious. So more than anything, I just, you know, proactively in my own life, I think that's what it is, you know, especially as a teenager, we think uh, things are coming to me or I don't have to do, you know, whatever, just go with the flow and have fun and whatever you have to realize, no, I have to take action. I have to be proactive in my own life uh, more than anything else. And, and then once you can do that, then you can look outside yourself and see, okay, there are other people that need help. There are other, you know, organizations, you know, groups, family, community, et cetera. And you can kind of go at, you know, outward, but first start with inside. Yeah. Yeah. Take, 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 take ownership of your own life. Leadership stops leading your own life. Yeah. Yeah. Inside out approach as we call it. Yes. So, Finally, one last question, um, which is, this is, you know, no one knows what the future is going to hold, although it says he who is wise is also someone who sees the future, right? But seeing the future, you don't know it. It means kind of you, you're able to kind of foresee it in some kind yeah. of way. Um, a lot of wise people are saying that we're going to have difficult times ahead economically. What wisdom can you, can you offer people who are listening to this? Um, do you think for, for potentially the difficult times that are, are ahead or um, maybe some people are experiencing them already? Yeah, it's, there are definitely going to be you know, hard times ahead. There's always going to be hard times, but you know, we're living in, in very strange days and there are things happening around the world that are kind of out of our control. Governments trying to take, take away control, things like that, food shortages. There's real, real things that are coming, coming our way. And I don't think anyone can really predict these things. But what one of the things we do have to rely on is that you know, we have a purpose in this world. If you're living a fulfilled life and connected to you know, a godly purpose, then it doesn't really matter what happens. Right? You have to be pragmatic. You have to prepare, um, you know, prepare for the worst, as they say, but really know that uh, you know, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, everything's going to work out. There, there's, a, there's a bigger plan. And we're, you know, we're just a part of it. So I don't know if that's too comforting, but uh, that's, I think, really, really important just to keep that in mind. You know, what, what, when I hear that, here's, here's just my interpretation of it. Um, you know, if you, so, some, of the, some of the wisdom which I've taken away from, from the Torah, from Judaism, from, from the teachings I've learned is that, is that you know, we, we were born to toil. Right, it's this concept you were born to to toil. All the 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 Kabbalists and the Hasidic leaders, they wanted people to actually work the fields. They didn't like this idea of being part of the investor class. Right, you actually should work. You should actually be creating true value. Right, mm-hmm. we were born to. Part of our purpose is actually to work in this world and create real value. You know, if you're focused on creating value, then you should be fine. 
if you're part of the investor class and that's kind of your thing, then maybe you need to worry. But for, for those of us who are working every day to create value, either in the lives of others, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. or in the world, um, then just continue creating value. People will always need value. I mean, that's a little bit of what I've heard in what you're saying, you know, continue, fulfill what you were born to do. Right. Was anyone really born to be in the investor class? I mean, maybe there were some, but, um, um, but um, when I think the investor class, what I think of more is, you know, the people who are, who are gambling out there, not, mm -hmm. they're not, they're not investing in value. There are people who are looking for value to invest in, um, which is creating additional value in my view. Um, but I, I think, I think there are, there's a lot of people who think they can just make money from vapor. Mm -hmm. And those are the people who maybe need to be worried and should start thinking about focusing on how they can create value. Yeah, absolutely. There, you know, I think that that's an important point. We have, you know, a, a purpose in this world. A lot of us don't necessarily know what that purpose is, but toil is one of those things we're meant to do. Uh, if you can toil within investing, maybe that's part of it. <laughs> I don't know, but I hear what you're saying. I think being being in these times that we're in, where future, you know, on one hand, especially in the Western world, especially in America, it's better times than there has ever been yeah. in the history of the world. Um, you know, people are more comfortable. People have more food, have more opportunities. Uh, on the other hand, uh, there are forces in the world that are trying to you know, destroy the world. And there are forces in the world, and there's always been this, but there are forces out there that that they're interested in, in more important uh, things for them, which is control and power. And they don't really care about human life and things like that. So th these, these are things you have to realize are out there, uh, but it shouldn't, that's what I'm saying. It shouldn't really di distract you from living a, a purposeful life. And like you said, just keeping up, adding value, providing value, doing what you're doing uh, will hopefully keep you in the right, uh, right frame of mind. Well, I know that I've, I've gotten a huge amount out of this, very, very grateful for spending time uh, with me on this podcast. And I'm sure that uh, anyone who's downloading it and listening to it is going to uh, gain tremendous value. I also know that we have some real estate investors and real estate owners who listen to this podcast. So could you just give like a very basic overview of what you do and how people can reach you? Simply put, when I do this thing called cost segregation is a tax strategy for real estate owners uh, which is a way to accelerate depreciation deductions. It, simply put, it's a cash flow mechanism that allows you to pull from a pool of potential tax deductions that you wouldn't normally ever see and take them upfront in the in the first or early years of ownership. And so, it's it's a fancy way of saying uh, you know accelerating those depreciation deductions. But that's that's simply what it is. It's a for most people, it's a no brainer for investment property owners who want you know more cash flow, especially with the time value of money and inflation the way that it is now. Better to have cash now uh, to reinvest than it is to you know just maybe never see it. Um, and to reach me, find me on LinkedIn. That's the most place I am, or you can go to yonawise.com and happy to happy to talk with anyone. So yonawise.com on LinkedIn, and you're basically helping people who own real estate save money on their taxes. Yes. Earlier on. Helping people. There we go. That's it. That's it. That's all it is. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining today. And everyone, this has been the Wisdom for Business and Life podcast. My guest today has been Yona Weiss. And until next time. <laughs>